Okay, hello everybody. Welcome to another episode of the Sound Mind Podcast. I'm your host, Ben, and today I'm so happy to be joined by three of our newest members. We have Buddy Deschler, Jeanette Lewis, and Diane Yang here with us today. So before we get into the meat of the stuff, uh, I just want to go around and have them introduce themselves and uh, maybe tell a little bit about their own personal story with, with mental health. So why don't we start with you, Jeanette? Where are you? What are you doing? What's your story? Yeah, um, I'm so excited to be here. So I am currently getting my doctorate in flute performance at the University of Maryland. I'm in my dissertation year, so fingers crossed it'll be done really soon. Um, I currently have a cool fellowship where I get to play chamber music at a retirement community in exchange for room and board. So super excited about that. Um, Before I came to Maryland, I did my undergrad and my master's at Ithaca College, so lots of love for upstate New York, and I'm originally from Long Island. Um, My mental health story in classical music is something that I've kind of ignored talking about for a really long time, honestly, until I discovered Sound Mind and found that there was a community and a real need to talk about these things. My mental health journey kind of came to fruition after I won a military band job and wasn't able to take it because of a medication that I was on. Um, So that's when I started to get real with myself and start talking about it and advocating for more people sharing their experiences so that we can end the stigma. Wow, that's incredible. Um, I'm so sorry you had that experience, Uh, but I'm glad that it brought you to us here at Sound Mind. So how about you, buddy? Sure. Uh, My name is Buddy Deschler. I have a lot of kind of some similarities with Jeanette. Um, I am also starting the third year of my doctorate uh, at Arizona State University. However, um, actually, as of last Friday, I am ABD, all but dissertation. So I took 17 hours of comprehensive exams in one week, and now I just have to write my dissertation project. So that's set to be Uh, done this fall. So hopefully, if people are listening to this in the spring of 2022, I will be Dr. Buddy Deschler. Um, But I'm actually not in Arizona right now. I am in my office uh, because I am the visiting assistant professor of trumpet at the Crane School of Music at SUNY Potsdam, which is in New York. Uh, Jeanette is from Long Island. Uh, This is not Long Island. Went to school in Ithaca, which is upstate New York. This is not upstate New York. This is considered North Country because I am two and a half hours away from Syracuse and two and a half hours away from Montreal. Uh, So I'm actually pretty far north. Um, In addition to that, I play trumpet in a, a touring brass ensemble called the Dallas Brass. Uh, I'm also the CEO and president of Brass Institutes of America, um, a nonprofit organization of summer music festivals, uh, as well as the Nova Trumpet Collective. Um, So it seems appropriate to mention all of these things because you might say like, wow, that person is really busy and they're probably crazy. And it's just like, well, that actually is part of the reason I think for my mental health journey, Um, because I have been so, um, I guess, fixated and motivated and inspired to have uh, a really great career in music. So all of these visions of like what I want to do and what I want to become, um, but then not necessarily paying attention to and listening to my body about um, and learning about really who I am in this case. So um, a couple of not ideal circumstances happened in the last year 
which really kind of was not the thing that caused like to have you know this journey with mental health but it is like the thing that tended to trigger trigger it so 29 years of suppressing uh any sort of stress or anxiety but you know through all this you learn so much about yourself you don't just learn about mental health but about yourself and your relationship with it so when alex started this organization i was of course a fan of it and i you know i i was for it because it's like this is a good cause but then when you have your own personal connection to what the organization is about then that's when i messaged her i was like how can i be involved in this um so it has been the one of the hardest and one of the most important learning experiences i've ever had in my life um so i am happy to be here and a part of sound mind and still doing many many great things wow well there's certainly a lot to unpack there which i want to get back to (laughs) but before we do that uh you are both a student and a professor Yes. (laughs) Yes. <laughs> how, how does that work? Uh, I do not have... I finished all my coursework um, with Arizona State, so I don't have to be there. I finished all my recitals. Uh, I finished my comprehensive exams, which I was able to do remotely. So now I'm just tucked away doing my dissertation, my do, writing. Do your students know that you're still getting your doctorate? I think so. I'm, I'm Professor Deschler. I'm not Dr. Deschler. They know that I'm on my way so but okay well i won't tell them no it's okay it makes us relatable (laughs) relatable to them okay great and so we also have diane yang here so diane why don't you tell us a little bit about yourself hi i'm so excited to be here um we're gonna just really quickly continue this upstate new york trajectory because um buddies in postham and i was born and raised for a little bit in Syracuse, New York. Um, and my parents went there for their master's in music. Um, and I was at my dad's recital as a little baby. Um, but I am currently um, living in Chicago proper and just graduated from my master's from Northwestern in violin performance um, mid-COVID. And the pandemic changed kind of a lot of things and opened up a lot of things about um, my relationship with playing and with my mental health as well as it did for everyone. But I think in my experience, I've come to realize that um, you can really not move forward fully as a musician and human without taking care of your mental health first. It's all directly tied into how slowly you can practice. (laughs) So I think that the um, the couple first round tables I joined, uh, for Soundline, I just was immediately felt like this was a beautiful place where all of our souls could grow. And, um, for some reason, I just, I think I started ranting about capitalism. Alex was like, you should join. So that's why we're here now. <laughs> Amazing. Well, let's jump right in because both you and Buddy, Diane, uh, mentioned something that is a big part of what we talk about at Sound Mind, which is the idea of balancing uh, this field, which is so heavily career driven, versus your need to 
learn about yourself and be a complete human and do all of the things that are necessary to to go down that road. So uh, if either one of you wants to jump in and talk about that, how did you, I mean, Buddy, you mentioned uh, being part of so many things, uh, probably something a lot of us can relate to the idea that you have to say yes to everything that, uh, that you know, you're taking care of yourself and your personal life has to be uh, subordinate to your career. Um, if one of, either one of you wants to jump in on that. I know that I, I like almost was like fueled by this, uh, like this figure of like a very busy person doing a lot of stuff. So I even have this mug that my friend Teresa from my master's degree gave me. It says, I'm a busy boy doing busy boy things. Um, because anytime that they would see me, uh, you know, at Peabody where I did my master's, the the courtyard is where people go to hang out, to relax. And I'm just there on my phone in a suit with a pencil behind my ear because I would just be like jotting down all these things. And I, and I loved the collaborative process. Um, I was very much a, and still am, a create your own opportunities kind of person. So rather than just waiting to either get a call or waiting for like certain things to open up, jobs to open up, auditions to happen. I was just building these things for myself. Um, and it was very fulfilling, is very exciting. And I think it's very important. However, once you build all of this stuff, then you have all of this stuff that you have to be catering to and, and making time for. So from it, there were a lot of benefits because it made me very organized. It made me involved in a lot of different social circles and professional circles and I was able to do it because I was in my 20s uh I, I just turned 30 over the summer so like but I, I feel like a whole new like shift has happened um because of that but I was like in my early 20s so I was just like I'm fine I'm okay push it down don't address it if you don't look at it it's not real um but then you're kind of just prolonging things uh, you're kind of prolonging things. And it's what I've learned in like a lot of ways is whatever is inside you really does want to come out. And when it comes out, it might be very ugly, but it feels so much better that it is that it is out there. It is no longer this almost like poison that exists in your body and then your body is recovering from it. So I think my relationship with mental health and my journey in it was both the eruption of things and then the healing of things. But since then, my perspective has changed so much. Like, I mean, in this time and during COVID and when all this happened, I still started two nonprofit organizations. So like, there's still like part of me that does this. However, the way in which I go about doing it um, has changed dramatically. So for example, and then I will stop talking so Diane can jump in, is um, I thought this idea of like self-care and like being nice to yourself. I was thinking, okay, well, if I have like this, 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 and this to do, I'll be nice to myself and take out this. There, I did it. I was nice to myself. I did less work than I was originally supposed to do versus putting, actually putting more things in your schedule, but there are things like a walk, yoga, go running, see this friend, but so it, in a way, it's like I put more on my to-do list, but they were things that were going to make me better and healthier and happier and more stable to then do everything else afterwards. So I got really into running um, exercise. My diet has changed a lot um, and I just appreciate, you know, the things that I'm doing a lot more. So I'm still doing a lot of stuff, but it's just 
the efficiency of it and like the health of it has has been a real game changer. And I think one of the most important things with that, buddy, is not just that you're doing those things, but that by putting them on your schedule, you're not saying, okay, yeah, it'll be great to go for a run and, you know, cook some healthy food, but I have to do it around my work schedule. You're saying, oh, these things are just as important as the other things on my schedule, and I'm going to give them equal weight. Yeah. And that's that's really a big thing, Ben. Yeah. Is that before it's like, do I have time for this with my work? But then it was like, does my work have time during this? Because these things will happen. These things have to happen. And I think the other beautiful thing about having your own relationship with mental health that I noticed is like as a teacher, maybe like you see a student that's having like a technical problem on their instrument. So like on the trumpet, you're like, oh man, I have that same problem. So like you can see it, you can hear it, and then you like are going to know how to address it. Especially in the last two years with everything. So many students are having their own battles with mental health. And then I'm like, I know exactly what's going on. I know exactly what I can do to help because I've now seen that because I've now been through that um, in my own way. So it's really just opened up everything I feel like I can do as a person, as a teacher and as a musician, like for this organization. Awesome. Uh, Yeah, Diane, I can tell you've been wanting to get in here. So go for it. Um. I don't want to, I don't want to cut anyone off. I all just like got excited because we're saying this is like a conversation, but then I was like, I don't know. If, uh, I don't know if we want to. Yeah. Anyway, sorry. I had to break. Um, I think that, uh, all of those things are incredibly relatable to most high functioning musicians and most type A musicians. Um, and especially when, we, especially people who have attended, um, schools with career centers that do want you to capitalize on, um, the fact that we as type A people or, um, really high functioning musicians want to use your productivity as your worth. Um, I think that's a thing that we've talked about in sound mind and also, um, is being addressed more frequently as, um, a culture are as a culture in general. Um, but it's still something obviously that I catch myself, um, trapped in daily. And I think that that is something we'll be dealing with for probably the rest of our lives. Um, and I think that it's a little bit, uh, tainted for women, especially and for women of color. Um, just the whole, a busy person in their twenties facade has been changed to, you know, now girl bossing and like, um, had needing to, you know, be the best woman in blank is almost like the, the title is the, the title of being the CEO has been like also a poisoned that we've drank and like bought onto. And that has uh, been something that I've seen my non-musician friends also swallow. So it was even more addicting for me to swallow it as, uh, as an artist who is, you know, uh, trying to figure out what was even like what prioritizing even was. Um, as a skill, I was never really taught that as a, um, kid, I think, because it was just easy. It was easier for me to go from zero to a hundred. And, um, that is something I also relate to heavily with a lot amongst a lot of musicians. And 
I think that the only time I've ever been able to realize that, um, my mental health was incredibly affected in music was when I started working a, a day job a couple of months ago, just having a entire list of responsibilities that aren't related to my playing is something I've never experienced in my life. Um, especially cause little background, my mom is a musician. My dad is a musician. Like just my mom plays the violin. So it's just never ending, um, attachments to your worth. So I think the a way that we attach ourselves to our productivity and to our instruments and to our jobs uh, has been a huge little like fog to shed for everyone. And it's kind of like you're actively shedding it all the time because um, that's how our economy works. <laughs> so I, I do think that um, sound mind has helped that incredibly and like even given us the place to hold space and for us to even say these words out loud I don't think I ever imagined myself stringing those words together so I think that um the bigger the more conversations we have like this and the bigger we the bigger questions we ask the more we'll realize that this is so common and everyone's everyone's kind of going through their own iteration of it yeah, absolutely. Um, Jeanette, I, I, I want to come back to you. I see you're shaking your head a lot. Nodding your head, I should say, not shaking, nodding. Um, what do you think? Yeah, I mean, there are so many things that I could touch on that Diane just said and, and things that Buddy said as well. I think the busy person facade, I've just been repeating that in my head over and over and over again, like the young the young woman in her 20s or the young person in their 20s. It's, it is a facade and it's this it's something that we, we can't keep up forever. Like I think of (laughs) my boyfriend's grandfather. Uh, he always says, pay your dues. When you're young, you pay your dues. And I've been thinking that since I was 18 and now I'm 26. And so I'm starting to think, okay, when do I stop paying my dues? Is it when I'm 30? Is there a time point? Is it when I've achieved all of this like laundry list of things? Is it when I have the dream job? I feel that this need to be busy all the time, it's never going to end unless we like sit down and take a hard look at ourselves and our mental health, because I feel like it's part of our personalities. Like it's like that type A personality Diane was talking about. And it's, it just has to do with boundary setting. And like Buddy was saying, taking the time out to literally schedule things, schedule rest, schedule walks, schedule watching TV. And I hope that one day it doesn't have to come to putting something on my Google calendar. But for now, that's what's best for me. Um, and just some of what Diane, what you were saying reminds me of my sister. And she's a teacher, not a musician, but she is amazing at boundary setting. And a couple years ago, whenever she would say no to something, I would think, why? You're not really doing that much. You're not doing enough. You're just working your nine to five job. And now I appreciate that so much. And I have so much respect that she's able to say no to things and that she's able to say, no, I don't actually want to sit down with you and eat dinner because I need time for myself tonight. And I am trying to be a little bit more like her in that regard now. Sorry, I just want to jump in really quick then before we move on. But Jeanette, I was going to say I um, was told to also I resonate with that thought so much because I remember looking up towards the um, graduate students in my undergrad uh, studio and wondering why they never said yes to like playing people's recitals. Um, 
or like, cause I knew that their, uh, course load was less than mine at the time, but, um, saying no was actually something that I was told to never do at, um, a career like conference that we had for music and music entrepreneurs, um, especially because they want you to be able to create those opportunities for yourself. And of course your network is as, um, big as it can be if you're always saying yes, but the difference in maxing out and the difference in saying yes, when you have the energy and capacity and intention on doing so is something that I wish I was told sooner for sure. Um, and I think that would also help a lot of, um, the patterns that a lot of our musicians in our generation have, uh, gone through. Um, burnout is so like, like widely used right now. And I, I just wonder when we ever, when did we ever, why did we all think that was all normal <laughs> for such a long time? Um, yeah. And there's so much, there's so much guilt associated with saying no to things too. I mean, I remember when I started this, this fellowship here, I was asked to play a holiday concert. I have not, my brain is not in December yet, but I knew that the day that the concert was, I was going to be at home with my family, you know, celebrating holiday festivities. And immediately my mind jumps to, oh my gosh, they're going to hate me. They're going to fire me. They're going to choose someone else for this fellowship. I need to explain myself in like paragraph, you know, length of details instead of just saying, no, I have a prior commitment. I can find a sub, you know, and eventually I did say that, but I had to literally sleep on it to think of what the best way to go about it was so that I still seemed professional and so that they would hire me again. <laughs> yeah. 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 And then like almost any other field that would have been a no brainer, like, no, it's Christmas Eve. We're not gonna, we're not gonna do that. <laughs> I've kind of created this identity and this, this brand through this, you know, hustler generation, you know, um, the entrepreneurial student. And it's this lecture I've been doing at universities um, for years, for years, because I've like stumbled into the idea of being a music entrepreneur. I think like it happened because I was just excited uh, about possibilities in music and opportunities. And then you just creative problem solve ways in which to see those ideas and dreams happen and everything. And all of this uh, everything about like what I talk about in the lecture and what I believe that these traits and these attributes that an entrepreneurial student possess, I fully believe. And it's something that I has like fueled me to do all this work. But in the past, I'm calling this like past buddy, I'm calling this like pre-therapy buddy, um, uh, where I would just work, 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 work. And then the idea of rest, it's like, that does sound nice. But if I don't rest, then I can do more. And then I'll like do more. And it's not about taking rest necessarily like, or like not resting in this case, but it is about, so you can keep working. It's about resting so you can keep going and like having this be super sustainable in this way and not having like the burnout thing. So it's like getting like the water is bubbling. And then if it, you know, gets too much, then it's going to, you know, overflow. But then you turn that into heat, you take it off the stove for a minute but then if you like take it off, like, okay, that's enough. And then you put it back on, like, no, it's still hot. Like it's going to, it's going to happen. So you need to make sure like you're 
spacing that out well. But I remember talking about what I did as a musician to, to my therapist one time, like before COVID. And I would explain, well, I would like do clinics like this and I would like tour with this group. And then I would solo here and I would run this festival here and I would do all that. And like one time I spent like three nights in my apartment in a month and she just looked at me and she was like, how long do you think you would be able to do that? And I was like, I don't know. Maybe until I'm like 50. And she's like, is that when you want to just like call it? It's 50. I was like, oh, I didn't really think about that. Because <laughs> I was just the idea of like not resting so that way more could happen. But now it's about all of this self-care, all of this wellness idea. So that way it's incredibly sustainable. Yeah, your body is a living, breathing thing that needs nurturance. Like you wouldn't do that to a plant. And And when you start saying it, you start like saying these things and then you like attract those people. So like before it might be kind of like, Oh, I need to work. And they're like, yeah, that's right. Coffee, 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 work, work, work. And then I'm just like, I am, something is going on today. And it's just like, I'm going to take a break. And then you have the friends that are like, good, you probably needed it. Or it's like, Oh, I can't believe I slept 11 hours. Like your body must've needed it. And like having people that will say those kind of things to you. Big difference. And the the boiling water analogy is amazing. I've never heard that, but it makes so much sense. And it's amazing that you know that because you can now teach this to your students. And that's going to make literally the, the biggest difference in their education, I think. Okay, I want to ask you all one more question. And you're going to have 45 seconds each to answer. If you could change one thing about class about mental health in the classical music world or the way we talk about it or the way the culture is or all of that uh what would it be i know it's a hard question i'll go first um i think the first thing that comes to mind is um power dynamics the immediate way that we sponge and take every single facet of lessons um, is not talked about widely enough at all. And the um, amount of times that's been abused in our field is ridiculous compared to, I mean, any field, but particularly vulnerable. And it's particularly vulnerable for us because it's like one person in a room with another person and you get all your um, knowledge and skill for this beautiful instrument that's also your career. Um, I think having teachers acknowledge, if I, if I had more teachers acknowledge my mental state or check in on that beforehand, that would have changed drastic um, things in my path. And I think that for a lot of past studio mates as well. Um, and that's a, also relates into the general culture of things, but the power dynamics is definitely something I would like everyone to pay attention to. <laughs> I would say people that have mental health issues uh, are not lazy, and people that have mental health issues um, are not uh, weak, because a, a good friend reminded me that weak and vulnerable are not the same thing. Um, and we are people that might say that they're depressed, they're not musicians, and people that are lazy that are not working, that are standing still, they're not standing still, they're charging. And if anything, every action requires more energy. So they're working even harder 
to do anything to keep up. And these are also the people that learn a lot about themselves in order to take that forward, should they choose to, which I believe is obviously very important. But then you know the things that upset you. You know the boundaries that you need to create. You know the worth that you have. And you know the the way in which you want to be treated and deserve to be treated. So, yeah. I think the biggest thing that needs to change in conservatory culture and the workplace is just prioritizing and treating mental health as you would physical health. If you, you know, sprain your wrist, you, you can watch an orchestra rehearsal. But if if you're feeling really depressed that day, you're expected to play. Um, so just teachers and colleagues and your peers taking it just as seriously as they would if you had a physical injury, I think is really important. Amazing. Well, thank you all so much. We are so thrilled that you are joining, well, have joined our team here at SoundMind. Um, and it was great to hear from you. So thanks to all three of you. Okay, and we'll see you next time. This episode of the SoundMind podcast was produced by Dan Monty. If you liked this episode, we would really appreciate if you gave us five stars wherever you're listening. And if you agree with some of what you've heard, please consider sharing this episode with a friend. Chances are, they will like it too. If you have any thoughts on this episode and would like to write us, please feel free to drop us a line at soundmindmusician at gmail.com. We would love to hear from you. We are currently accepting donations at soundmindmusician.org donate. The money we receive here goes directly to our programming and our big plans for the fall season. Give us a follow on Facebook and Instagram to see what those plans are. We have a free event coming up soon, and we would love to see you there. If you're interested in getting involved with SoundMind in any capacity, please send an email to soundmindmusician at gmail.com, and we would love to have you work with us. Please like and subscribe to this podcast so you get alerted when we have another episode. And until then... Please keep your heart and mind safe and sound.